0: Praise God for this Sunday, another Sunday that God has given us to worship him, uh, to be in his presence and I would like to turn your attention to Joshua chapter 24, Uh, keep it open Joshua 24, let's close our eyes and look to God, Father we thank you for this beautiful morning, we thank you for helping us to sing. That you are a faithful God. You have always been faithful. You will remain faithful always, O Lord. We thank you and we bless your name. Even as we stand, even as we stay in your presence to meditate your word, you will speak to us. Hide me behind the cross. You speak to me and to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, The title of this morning's message will be. The greatest decision that you can make in life or the better of the two choices that we can make. The greatest decision or the better of the two choices that we can make in life, the best choice. Joshua is about to die. He has fought a great battle. He has listened to the voice of God, the calling of God. Moses has passed away and now the time for Joshua also has come that he should go into God's presence. And as he goes, he talks to the people. He tells them, he gathers to them in a place called Sheshem. And they call it as the first capital of Israel. And this is the place where Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 6 to 7, if you read, you find that Abraham receives a word from God, a promise from God. And before he calls them, uh, Joshua calls them, the people, to serve God faithfully. And before he calls them to serve God faithfully, he reminds them two things. One is he tells them not to forget the goodness of God that was shown to them in their life. And secondly, to fear the Lord. Not to forget the goodness of God that was given to them, that was shown to them. And secondly, not, uh, not to forget to fear the Lord. And he gives them these two aspects of faith before leading them and guiding them and telling them to serve the Lord faithfully. Quickly, we will see these, uh, uh, this uh, passage in under three small headings. Forget, uh, first one, the forget not his redemption, the faithfulness of God. Forget not his redemption. Joshua, in this chapter 24, he is gathering the people and he is recollecting the way God called Abraham and how he formed the nation of Israel and led them and delivered them and then brought them to the promised land. Joshua recollects the whole goodness of God in just few verses. And he captures several hundred years of Israel history, several hundred years. And when he captures the history of Israel in these few verses, he does not dwell on the negative things but on the faithfulness and the graciousness and the mercy of God that was shown to them. He does not speak to them on a condemnatory manner. That is, you had made the golden calf, or you have done this, you have done that, you have rebelled against God. He doesn't tell them all that, but instead he speaks to them on the, on the goodness that God has shown them, the forgiveness of God has given to them. And he tells them that. And uh, Joshua 24 verse 14, he starts, Now therefore... He starts that word now therefore meaning in the light of these above what I am telling you please serve God faithfully. But before giving uh, giving them an uh, invitation to serve God faithfully giving them one of the two choices which we will see. Remember in our lives lack of faith, lack of faith in the future is caused by our forgetfulness of the past and the mercies of God. When you and I forget the faithfulness of God, the mercies of God, the kindness of God that God has shown to us in the past, what we do is we refrain from serving God. And the Bible tells us God has never dealt with us according to our sins, nor given us according to our iniquities. What a beautiful scripture. I quote that scripture often in my prayer and I thank God. I said, Lord, you have never dealt with me according to my sins. If you had seen my sin and struck me, I could have perished long ago. I wanted to tell you that all of us have received the mercies of God. We are called from darkness into his marvelous light. We are are, are called to live as children of light. We were living as children of wrath, God's anger, God's punishment. But mercifully, God brought us out from darkness into his marvelous light. He has given us his salvation. He has made us sit together in the heavenly realms in Christ. In the heavenlies, uh, in Christ. Imagine that. You know, I was trying to take a a dustbin. I forgot, I left it in the room there. You take a, a dustbin or a garbage bin in your home and my home. How many of us will ever think of using that garbage for something good? Even if you throw something bad into that, you will not try to take it back and use it. That's the worth of garbage. That's the worth. But let me tell you, God has, our lives have been worse than that in the eyes of God. He is a holy God. He's, no evil can dwell close to him. Such a pure God. And the angels of God, they cover their eyes. They cannot able to see the holiness of God. They cover their eyes and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That is the way God is. But he has chosen you and me. Never forget his redemption. You and I should always be thankful to God. You and I always should be praising God for the redemption that God has given to us. And here God is not addressing to an individual. He is addressing to a community. When Joshua was calling, he was not talking to individuals. But he was talking to a community, to a group of people, to the country people, and telling them, this is what God wants you to do. And Joshua 24 tells, 24-12, Joshua tells them, you did not do it with your own strength. You never won the victory. You never got the land as a gift because of your own sword or bow. But God fought for you and helped you. This was not how Joshua was recalling this to the people. And Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 6-8, to 8, Deuteronomy 7, 6 to 8. He tells them, For you are a people, people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people of his prized possession above all peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than the other peoples for you were the fewest of all peoples. But because the Lord loved you and kept the earth, you sought to your fathers, he brought you out of the mighty hand redeemed you from the house of slavery from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now here Moses tells them, because the Lord loved you. Joshua says, God has been merciful to you. You do not fight with your own strength. Remember that. And Moses earlier recollects in Deuteronomy and tells the people, reminds them, because the Lord loved you and he wants to keep the promise he has promised to your forefathers. He is such a faithful God. We sang about the faithfulness of God. We read about the scripture over the faithfulness of God and here a reminder to you and me, if you and I can remember the redemption that God has given to you and me so freely, we will definitely want to serve him. If we forget that we have been redeemed by God out of his mercy and kindness, we will never have a heart to serve him. We will always remain selfish. We will think that the salvation that I have received The position that I have, the the blessings that I have in life has come to me because of my own goodness. No, it is only because of his mercy. You and I are seated here. I stand here. We are here together as a family. Not because of our good education, not because of the good universities we have gone to, not because of the good families or good jobs we hold. It is because of his kindness, his mercy, his love. And this faithfulness of God, this mercy... This love, this strength of God is calling you and me and telling, serve him, serve him. Joshua is telling her, don't forget this. Don't forget that in your life. And if you forget, you will not be able to serve God. Remember this. And um, the Bible uh, tells us that we are a people who have to really question our own hearts. Psalm is said in Psalm 116 and verse 12, What shall I render to the Lord for all the benefits He has rendered to me? How many of you, how many of us together can ask this question every day? What can I render? You and I can never compensate. I hope you understand. You and I can never compensate for what God has done for us. But you and I can render to God as an act of worship, as an act of praise, an act of thanksgiving. What can I render? That was the psalmist's cry. And then in the next verse, 13, he says, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. What can I render for all? He, He recognizes the benefits have come from him. And I have to render to God the praise and thanks. You and I can really be thankful to God. Christians are guilty of two things evil. One is being ungrateful to God and second one forgetfulness of God. Both are bad, both are evil. We may not commit sin like the worldly people do but we can be ungrateful to God. We will never thank God enough. We will never praise God enough. Every day we should begin to praise God. I urge you, church, if you I I don't know how to sing properly. Alone, I can't sing. Some of you have experienced that. We sang together. When I start, I'll go off on my own own, tune. And uh, then I have to follow you. Some of you are laughing. I can understand. Now, I play the YouTube. And I open the songbook. And I sing along, praising God. Sometimes, I'll tell you, tears will flow down the eyes. Just to think on the goodness of God. The mercy of God. Worship God. Don't forget the benefits God has given. Don't forget God. Sometimes we think, I have to do this, I have to do that. As if the life we have belongs to us and I have to set it all right. No. The moment we came into Christ, He has taken over. In the beginning I said, in Him we live and move and have our being. And we have to acknowledge that, not forgetful of God, and um, there was two friends who met together on the street one day and one looked very sad. So the other person asked, tell me friend, what happened to you? Why do you look so sad? So he said, oh, that's a long story. He said, yo, please tell, share with me your problem. He said, uh, three weeks back, my auntie died and she gave me, she gave her 50,000 rupees left behind for me. Oh, that's a good news. Why are you sad? Oh no, that's not enough, uh, that, that's, uh, that's not the end. But two weeks back, my another uncle passed away and he kept, he kept 2 lakhs in the bank account for me. He said, that's a lot of money, you should be happy. He said, no, more than that, last week, another cousin passed away, he's very close to me, he had so much of money, nearly 20 lakhs he has given to me. So this man was so curious. He said, you must be really happy. Why are you sad? He said, this week, no money has come to me. (laughs) No money has come to me this week. Okay, some of us are like that. You know, we forget goodness of God. If you and I can remember the goodness of God, we will say, Lord, what can I render to you for all the benefits? And as the psalmist said, we will come forward. Joshua was saying, don't forget this. But serve God faithfully. Serve God faithfully. Second one is, he tells the people, fear the Lord. Verse 14. Joshua 25, 14. Can you read please? 24, 14. Joshua tells them, fear the Lord. First is, never forget what God has done for you. God has done so many wonderful things. Forget not the benefits of God. Forget not the redemption of God. And then he tells them, second, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. This word, fear, has two meaning. To be afraid or to stand in awe of God. It's called as the awe, standing in awe of God is... Pre- pleasurable contemplation. You know, you, you, you just look to God and you begin to stand in awe of Him for His greatness, for His love, for His faithfulness. How He has extended His mercy to you, to my family, to our family, you know, to our, in, our, in our education, you know, in our jobs in so many ways. We can stand the greatness of God. You look at the sky, the moon, the stars, the plants, the birds and you stand in awe of God and say what a beautiful creation what God has done. I was sitting and meditating on this, the fear of God and this thought came to me. I just penned it down immediately. If we fear God, we will fear sin. If we don't fear God, we will never fear sin. We will think sin is nothing, but you know, I can say and I can do what I want, say what I want and then say, Lord, forgive me, sorry, wash me. You know, I can come and take communion and say, Lord, forgive me. But if you and I can have a fear, a healthy fear of God, healthy fear of God, of God, we will fear sin. In this world, there is only one thing you and I should fear. Not the devil. devil should fear you and me. We should fear sin. We should fear sin. As a church, as believers, as body of believers, we should ask God to give us that heart that fears nothing but sin and sin alone. And when we can fear sin, I will tell you we will be far from sin. If we admire God and his love, we will disdain and abhor sin. Why? People don't abhor and disdain sin is because there is no admiration for God. There is no admiration for his great love. If we admire God and his love, we will disdain and abhor sin. When we contemplate more on God, we will have no time to think of sin. If we, When we contemplate more on God, we will have no time to think of sin. Our thoughts will be always be focused on God and God alone. And the Spirit of God can help us to do this. The fear of God. The fear of God. Deuteronomy 9 and verse 5. Can we read please? Deuteronomy 9 and verse 5. Here, Moses reminds the people, God is chasing them away. God is chasing them away only because of one thing, because of their sin. So Joshua is able to understand this and he tells them, fear God. Don't be like those heathen people who never feared God. Instead, they enjoyed sin. God tells them, put away the gods of your ancestors. Think of it. They have come from the land of Egypt. They have come into the promised land. Joshua faithfully led the battle from the front, possessed the land, divided the divided that piece of land to the 12 tribes of Israel. They have all settled. And Joshua is telling them, put away the gods of your ancestors away from you. That means those people... We're still holding on to some of the gods and goddesses they were having in the land of Egypt. Maybe they they took some of the things and Joshua knows that. But God in his mercy kept, keeps them. You know, he, he forgives them. He wants to cleanse them. And here they come to the promised land and then he tells them, remove all that. Don't hold on to it. Sin can drive us away from God. But... Fear of sin will keep us close to God. Sin will keep us away from God, but fear of sin will keep us close. uh, The fear of God will keep us away from sin. Sin can drive us away from God. And Joshua is telling them, put away the gods and goddesses. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. This heart of ours has got a capacity to receive blood and pump out blood. There are two capacities, but at the same time, in Spiritual terms, it has got only one of the two capacities can do. Either it can love God or it can love sin. can never have two. This heart can never accommodate two. I have little of God, little of world, little of the sin. I can have only God or only sin. I am not saying perfectness. I hope you understand. I am not talking perfectness. But a heart, heart that is tuned towards God. It can either be tuned towards God or it can be tuned towards sin. And we should ask God to help us that our hearts are tuned towards God. Again, I repeat, I'm not talking about perfectness. We will have shortcomings, we will have, but we will not enjoy sin. We will not cherish sin. We will not live like the world is living without knowing God. And you can say, the Joshua, people of Joshua's time, they were living in the land of Canaan and that was a different group altogether. And the people there were different. But today I am not like that. But God's today is reminding us from the book of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14. The Spirit of God addresses to the church in Lavodosia. Can you read please? Three fourteen. Revelation 3 and verse 14. he was not telling to outside world he is telling it to a church he is saying church you are either hot or you are cold he is telling you and me we are either hot for God or we are cold towards God it can never be lukewarm and God says I am sorry I cannot accept my palate is only one it is not two I can never accept it he says I will spew you out I will spew you out And Joshua 24, 14, he says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods, your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. What does he mean by fearing the Lord? There are three types of fear. One is a holy fear. Second one is a healthy fear. And third one is a harmful fear. Holy fear. You know, this is to fear the Lord means, you know, to stand in awe of him, appreciate God, reverence for God, you know, utmost respect for God. This is called as holy fear. We will not fear anything. We don't fear God, oh, God will punish me. No, we just come and say, Lord, it is you. You're great. The next one is healthy fear. This is a fear that children have. They know when they go and touch a hot thing, it will burn their hand and we also have the fear The children should not go and touch and we tell them don't do it. You know, when we walk on a, on a, on a, on a slope, we are careful with our bikes or with our cars how we, we don't slide back. Healthy fear, we are careful how to uh, drive. These are all healthy fear. There is nothing harmful in it. But there is another one, is called as harmful fear. And Paul speaks about this fear And when he told Timothy, God has not given you the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And this is a harmful fear. He tells them this can really hinder you from moving close to God, from doing what God wants you to do. We are living today in a world that needs you and me to serve God and when we can have a heart that fears god we will fear sin and when we fear sin we will always want to snatch others away from sin from destruction the bible tells us that we can either be part of we can be part of the kingdom but we can be not be part of the kingdom principles you and i can be part of the kingdom the kingdom of god but we can be far away from the kingdom principles. Are we part of kingdom principles? Does ethics appeal to your mind and my mind always? Does morality stand topmost priority in our hearts? Is a clean conscience very passionate to us? My conscience is clean, my conscience is clean. Is is there a passion to keep our, our conscience clean? Is there a good conduct in the midst of people who are conducting themselves badly? What is the response? Good values. Are we holding on to good values? Do we teach that to our children? Do we teach that to our people that we come in contact with? Integrity. How do we, does that appeal to your mind and my mind as people of integrity in the place where we live? Honesty. Kind words soft words kind words decent behavior brotherly love compassion for people who are sick and suffering care for other people who are in need sharing what good what god has given to us are we willing to help those in need in this world when i say i fear the lord i fear sin and when i say i fear the lord I value kingdom principles and these are some of the, there are many more. These are some of the kingdom principles that we come across every day. It is imperative to serve God, but it is also very important for us to renounce sin in our hearts. Fearing the Lord. Joshua is telling them, forget not his redemption, it's great for you. And secondly, he's saying, fear the Lord. And then he tells them, now he is offering them a choice i will give you two things verse fifteen twenty four fifteen please joshua twenty four verse fifteen faithfully serve the lord third one faithfully serve the lord first one forget not all his benefits or redemption second one fear the lord third one faithfully serve the lord twenty four fifteen As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This should be our prayers always. Lord, me, my family, my children, my generations to come until your second coming, we want to serve you. We want to serve you faithfully. Serving God in the fellowship of the church. This church needs all of us. Any church needs all the believers and our church needs all of us. We all have to put our hands together to serve God in this place. And he gives them three choices. Gods of your forefathers, gods of the Amorites, or the Lord God. One of the three choices. He said God of the forefathers. As I was studying this and meditating, I thought God of our forefathers is my former sinful pleasures, you know, the sins of the world that I lived in before coming to know the Lord. Am I still addicted to it? Do I want to still enjoy that? The next one, God of the Amorites, the God that they were living in, the present place they were living in, the God of the Amorites. Today we are very comfortable, you know, today money has become the God for many people. Job, money, possession has become very, very precious. And people are there, living there, comfortable. God of the Amorites. And then he says, the Lord God. And he gives them two reasons. He gives them, don't forget. And second one, fear the Lord. Romans 12 and verse 6. The Bible tells us, very, very important. I love that scripture and I like to say this and maybe if I have a, some of kind of capacity I can drill into the heart of each and every person. We have different gifts it's a fact that Paul is a writing you and I none of us here gathered can say even a little child in the children's church or Sunday school can never say they don't have a gift all of us whatever be our age we still have gifts Paul writes to the Romans we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us if your gift is prophesying then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to re- encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do cheerfully. I urge you to go through different translations in the If you have it in your home, or you can go through the internet, look different translations. Read this passage from six to uh, six to seven, and see and note. Or six to eight, note where what is your gift in you. You know, when we had the retreat a few weeks ago, you know, different gifts. What is our calling? You know, was we 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 evaluated what is our calling. Some of you who came, you should. Come forward and say yes. This is my gift. I wanted to serve God. If you are not knowing what your gift is, you should ask God. You should evaluate what is the thing that your heart is leading to to do, and come forward. Get involved in the fellowship of the Ministry Church. Serve God. Don't be aloof. The church is open, and God wants you and me to serve Him in the kingdom. And we were in, my wife and me. We were in Singapore two weeks back, and. There, my son took us to a Bible study. When I thought Bible study, it will be about 15, 10, 15 people. And uh, we went there, uh, maybe one-fourth of this room. Nearly 85 youth were gathered together. How many? 85 youth were gathered together for the Bible study. I was shocked. And all of them were youngsters. And all of them were from the Chinese origin background, Singaporean. Nearly 85, I calculated, my wife was asking, what are you peeping, what are you looking out for? I was trying to see how many groups of people we have gathered at the end. And in each group, how many people, average about 10 to 12 people in each group. We had 7 groups. 85, nearly 80 youths, and including us, 85, gathered together for a Bible study. And you know what was the timing? From 7.30 to 9.30. Seven thirty-two. to... when I saw that my heart was so lifted up. I know there is hope in God. There is hope for this world. These youths God will transform. Maybe they will go back to China some of them because they are from there. They have their parents loved ones there. And Singapore has got hope. Asia has got hope. The world has got hope. Young people and they come in, they eat something, they buy something, eat something. Russian 7.30. 7.30 sharp they start. 9.30 sharp they finished. It was amazing sight. It really blessed me. And it was very orderly. I wanted to encourage you young people, prepare yourself for a great task ahead for us to reach this nation. For you to reach this nation along with your family. Fear the Lord. Forget not his benefits. Come forward to serve God. Tell him, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. And if it can happen in Singapore, it can happen in Brookfields. Yes? Say amen, say yes. A time will coming. Church, I'll tell you, we will be busy. Pastor myself and others will be busy. Some of you leaders will be busy. We will have a Bible study from maybe 9 to 11 o'clock. Weekly ones, not every day, don't worry. Okay. Early morning, 5 to 6.30. Why not? If God can place that passion in our hearts, nothing like that. Be ready. Very soon we will all be moving into that direction. And uh, we will all be having this beautiful Bible study, preparing ourselves, building ourselves to reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 11 and verse 13, And it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently, Moses is telling the people, if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandment which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Three things I see here. Hearken diligently, that is loving God. And then he says, obedience, uh, hearken diligently, obedience. And then he says, love the Lord. And then finally serve him. I see these three things always together. Loving God, being obedient and serving God. You know, there is a connection. Please note, there is a connection. Loving God, obedient, being obedient to God and serving God. We cannot have just the two and leave the third one, serving God. And Joshua is telling them, decide whom you will serve, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Matthew 6 and verse 24, Jesus was saying, no man can serve two masters. Here again, he tells them, for either you will hate the one or love the other or else you will hold to the one And despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and the rest of the world. You cannot serve God and whatever is passionate to your heart. Either God, either that. It can't be both. So God is calling the church today. Come forward. Tell Lord, I wanted to serve you. There are so many needs in this church. Sister Shoba puts it in our group. We want ushers in the Tamil service. Just because you don't know Tamil doesn't mean you cannot come to the Tamil service to help. Or you can come to the English service to help as in the ushering. Come a little early. You know, to do the uh, OHP. Play music, to sing, ushering, all the arrangements, you know, volunteering, so many things. I started my ministry like that. I always uh, tell the people, when I go, when I begin to clean this and that, they say, why are you cleaning? I said, I did this when I was in the world, I when I was in the secular field. I've cleaned toilets, I've taken dirty plates from people's tables, so why not now? I did this when I started my career. So, serving God, and when, when I became a believer, my wife and me, we have done that. Cleaning the church toilet, getting the church ready, cleaning the floor, arranging the chair. Slowly and steadily, one by one, God began to really teach us and now willing to do the same thing because it's part of ministry. We want y'all. We want y'all. Families, youngsters, come forward and say, Lord, we want to serve you. And one thing that can really keep away is our past sin from serving God. And that's a big hindrance. That's a big blot. That's a big pressure on all of us. How can we handle it? The beauty is God has got an answer. God's word has got an answer. For me, this is the guide for every aspect of our life. I'm sure some of you know that, that you have that experience with God's word. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 9 verse 13 and 14. Can you open your Bibles and read it please? This word ministered to me when I wanting to serve God because my past life, as a worldly man as a believer kept me away from serving god but this scripture really transformed me many many years ago hebrews 9:13 and 14 in king james version it is beautiful it says if the goats if the blood of goats and bulls it starts like this if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh he tells about the old testament during those days When those bloods and the ashes can purify the souls of the people and he compares that and says how much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God cleanse our conscience from dead acts and help us to serve the living God. What can help you and me serve the living God? What can give you and me the qualification to serve God? If you think you are not qualified, I want to tell you from God's scripture, the blood of Jesus qualifies you and me. Nothing else. Not our skill, not our talent, not our education. There is nothing, no goodness, no righteousness of us can qualify you and me. The only thing that can qualify you and me is the blood of Christ. The Hebrew writer says if the goats if the blood of the goats and bulls and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh he doesn't full stop, he says how much more shall the blood of christ who offered himself without spot to god shall purge our conscience from dead works to serve the living god you and I, have a, you and I have, a, uh, have a gateway, you and I have a doorway to be qualified. And that is the blood of Christ. It can cleanse our conscience. If your conscience is troubling you, I assure you, the blood of Christ will cleanse you. It has cleansed you and that alone gives you and me the qualification to serve God. Nothing else. Not our education, not our jobs, not our money. The blood of Christ. And in Isaiah 6, you know, That how Isaiah was crying out to God. He said, I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. And he says, I have seen the king. And I am undone. I live. My lips are dirty. As soon as he acknowledges inadequacy, his sin. You know what happens there? You read that scripture carefully. When I was reading it, I have read this many times. But this time when I was slowly and steadily reading and meditating, it really blessed me. The Bible says, immediately... The seraphim flew from God's throne, taking a live coal from God's throne, immediately flew, touched his lips, and cleanses him. Immediately. There was no delay at all. The moment he accepts his inadequacy, his inefficiency, his sin, I am undone. Immediately there was a cleansing. I wanted to tell you, it's available. The fire of God is available. The blood of Christ is available. The Holy Spirit is available to qualify you and me. And imagine the speed with which the angel flew. And then he says, your sin, your guilt is taken away. Your guilt is taken away. That's beauty. Guilt to be removed free from guilt is an amazing blessing. Amazing blessing. And God says, I've given you that amazing blessing. And I wanted to tell you a story and then close. During the Second World War, the German paratroopers invaded a small island called Crete, And they landed in a place, but the islanders did not have any guns. All that they had was some small swords and knives. They went to fight against the German troopers. But the German troopers shot most of them dead, all those who came to fight against them. Captured many of them, put them in jail. And in the jail, they also put a six-year-old boy inside the jail. And his name was Alexander Papaderos. He was a Greek, was living in German. And after the world war was over, he was determined that somehow the past hatred and bitterness should be put away. So, he decides to work hard. He works hard and he builds a beautiful museum called the Peace Museum. Peace Museum. One day, he was called for an interview and somebody very jokingly asked him what is the meaning of life? And uh, there were other people who were there who were laughing, what he's going to answer. He was a very old man. From his coat pocket he took a small round mirror, mirror. And he shows them and asks them this is a mirror, do you recognize it? Yes. And then he tells them the story behind the mirror. He said when he was a small boy, after he was released from the prison, when the war was over, He was walking around, he saw one of the German motorbike that was destroyed and the mirror in the German motorbike lay shattered. He tried to put the pieces together, he failed. But he takes one big piece, he goes on to rub all the corners, make it smooth and make it round. He successfully does it and he uses it to play as a small boy to reflect sunlight into dark areas and crevices to see what is inside. He uses it to focus light. And he says, this is what our life is made of I don't know the shape and the size of this mirror. But I know one thing. The small piece has got a capacity to shine light in the crevices and dark spots of the world. He says, my life is like that. I may not know the whole purpose of God in me but God has kept me to shine his light into the dark devices and holes of darkness to shine his light. My dear brother, my dear sister, you and I are like that fragment of that mirror whose whole design and shape we will not know. You and I have the capacity to shine the light of Jesus into the world. If you and I can turn our hearts to him, sure, the spirit of God will build us and make us. Joshua is telling them, I give you two choices. Decide whom you will serve. Either your own self, the sins, or you will serve God. And he says, but for as for me and my lo- life, as for me and my family, we will serve God. Surrender yourself and say, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. In what way I can shine the light and come into the fellowship of this church beautiful church give your time, give your talent it may be a small work come, do it and let me tell you, you will be that small mirror that can shine the light of Jesus let's close our eyes and look to God praise your Father praise you Lord thank you Father, thank you Lord thank you Savior search your hearts in God's presence let's all of us search our hearts if we the mirrors are not focusing are not focused towards the sun of righteousness the light will never reflect into the dark devices and the dark holes of this earth you and I can say Lord I want to stay focused towards you so that your light will shine into the dark areas of this world I want to be thankful to you grateful to you for all the redemption that you have given to me i don't want to forget anything lord i want to thank you every day i want to praise you every day i want to worship you i want to yield myself and secondly you tell the lord lord i want to fear you i want to fear sin i want to fear you i want to think of you more i want to disdain and abhor sin help me. Help me to have a healthy fear, a reverence and awe of you every day in my life. Help me, Lord. And you can tell the Lord, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to be into the Joshua's team. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You tell him, Lord, I have a guilt. I know I'm not perfect. I have guilt. But I thank you that your blood, how much more your blood of, the blood of Christ can cleanse me from all the dead works to serve the living God. How much more. I thank you that you cleansed Isaiah immediately the moment he accepted his life as unclean and you said your guilt is taken away. I thank you that your fire, your blood can take my guilt away. I want to serve you. Some way, I want to serve you in this church. Maybe as an usher, maybe as a volunteer. Maybe as a person who could play the OHP, handle the OHP, musician, worship leaders, other types of volunteers work in Tamil service, English service. I'm committed Lord to come to two services just to help be part of this ministry. You have given me so much. You have blessed me so much. You have blessed my family. What can I render to you, Lord, for all your benefits? What can I render? I can't, Lord, compensate, but what can I render? Please help me. Help me. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for reminding us from the life of Joshua He stayed faithfully to Moses and Lord you led him to be faithful until his end and he was able to divide the land but he did not want his people from serving you. He says, choose this day whom you will serve. He says, serve him faithfully. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, I pray for this beautiful church, beautiful congregation. We are a people who have been given good qualification. We have good money, good jobs, good health. Lord, I pray that you would help us to stay together with pastor. Lord, and the pastoral team, the leadership team, and serve you faithfully until your second coming. Keep us covered your blood can cleanse our dead conscience to serve the living God. Help us to know that your calls, the life calls are available. Lord, as soon as we say, I'm undone, to cleanse us, to take away our guilt so that we can serve you. Lord, you used Isaiah after that to use the same lips, not just to proclaim the message of God, but you also gave prophecies about Christ so powerfully many hundreds of years ago he could prophesy about the life of birth of christ and the death of christ that's what you can do in our lives help us transform us as a team as a family we will all serve together in the fellowship of the church in the name of jesus we pray amen amen